Hey you guys, hope you're well. I just wanted to take this opportunity and let you know about our amazing new business scalability scorecard. So have you ever wondered if, you've, if you're an entrepreneur, you're a business owner, and you want to grow and scale the business but not sure how, and you're looking for some advice and you're looking for some strategies about how you could effectively grow and scale your business, well, this is your opportunity. We have actually created an amazing uh, business scalability scorecard. It takes you around seven to eight minutes, and at the end of that, it will actually create a report of all of the things that you're doing particularly well in and the things that you need to make improvements to your business. And uh, it's a great tool and a great asset for your business. To get free access to that, go to bit.ly forward slash business hyphen scalability hyphen scorecard. Go there, go now. Take care, see you soon. This is the Game Changers Experience. Deep dive conversations with leading business disruptors, Olympic athletes, celebrities, entrepreneurs, and influencers from around the world. This show will teach you insights about the winning principles in mindset, productivity, marketing, branding, entrepreneurship, business strategy, and more. Hosted by Productivity Authority, business strategist, former elite athlete, author, and public speaker, Adam Strong. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Game Changers Experience with myself, Adam Strong. And today on the show, we have an amazing lady who I have been super excited, and we're going to be going into something really, really, really deep with Zoe Cairns. Zoe is a social media, international social media trainer. She is a TV commentator. She's been on the likes of the BBC. She's been on ITV. By the way, these are TV channels in in, in the UK. Just went to let you know. She's a social media strategist. She's a peer. She's a, she's worked with a lot of Fortune 500 companies. She's been working with the European Commission. She's also done some stuff with NATO. Oh my God, the 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 credibility just oozes. And honestly, I'm just really looking forward to some of our conversations around social media today because I tell you what, it's an absolute minefield. So Zoe, welcome to the show. Hi Adam, it's great to be here. I'm super excited to be here today. I couldn't wait to be on the show. I've been listening to some of your other shows. I think one in particular that stuck out was Elliot, Elliot Kay about being a giraffe, which was brilliant. So yeah, I don't know how I can follow that, but I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> uh, I'm sure you'll be fine anyway. And I want to give a big shout out to our, to our good buddy, Mr. Ash Lawrence, because yeah. Ash, is, Ash is a great buddy of ours and uh, always, always keeping it real. So big shout out to you, Ash. Yeah. Anyway. He's um, great. He's the one that's connected us as well, Adam, as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. 100%. So um, listen, I know that um, you started off, believe it or not, in the, is it the mortgage industry? That's where you started off, right? And, and you know, I mean, you've made a transition into, into what you do right now. But yeah, what did you, like, when did you, when did you make that realization or that transition from, something which is very different, like mortgage advising or mortgage, <laughs> the mortgage industry, which is completely different to social media. Yeah. Well, I suppose there's an element of truth, but tell us a little bit about that journey. 
Well, what happened is back in 2008, um, my boss said to me, Zoe, you know, the recession's hitting, you know, you need to go and find your own leads because he used to give us leads within the office and we used to do, um, you know, networking. And he said, you need to find more of your own leads because I can't give them to you anymore because they, you know, you have to work harder for them. And so I started to do a lot of networking, which absolutely daunted me. The thought of standing up and doing my 60 seconds, I was like, how am I going to do this? But I ended up traveling over to London, Birmingham. There was a big Berkshire event. I was going everywhere networking at property networking events. I even set up my own in Kent called the Kent Property Event, which was brilliant. It really helped the business. But my friend then told me about Facebook. She said, you've got to get on Facebook. There's lots of people on it. And so I went on there and I thought, okay, how do I use this? I didn't have a clue what to do. (laughs) And I typed in into the search bar on Facebook, property investors, just like I would Google. And all of these property investors appeared. And I thought, wow, there's my target audience. And that's where I started. I just joined the group, started to engage. I did get told off for spamming a little bit because I didn't (laughs) know how to use it. But um, yeah, that's how I got started. Wow. So hang on a minute right so you were working were you working for a mortgage like you know a company as such and then you were kind of infiltrating social media to do what yeah so um i was um working for uh, mortgage brokers in gravesend and um i was um self-employed although it felt like i was employed <laughs> um so i was working for them at the time and then when i started to get into the social media i ended up going i thought right this is really good i started to look at facebook i was learning from mike konings i was up in london at the internet marketing world i don't know if you remember that with mark anastasi and i was doing all Do you remember that? I was doing all of that stuff. And I thought, you know what? I love this. I actually actually prefer this to my actual day job. It was just brilliant. And all of these um, property professionals started saying, Zoe, could you help me? And even the estate agents and a couple of lawyers started to say, can you help me? And um, I just started to help them out. And I thought, you know what? I love this. Um, and, And, you know, that's how I started to really get into it. Very good. Awesome. Very cool. So, um, so in the world of social, it's, it's interesting because social media is such a big subject and I'm sure we could talk about it for many, 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 many hours. Um, now I know that you've worked with corporate companies down to SMEs, down to individuals, such a broad mix of people or whatever it might be, but what would you say from your perspective though, what do you say that the common mistakes of, of people using social media? Cause I mean, there's so much to choose from these days, isn't there? You know, back in sort of, you know, 10, 15 years ago, you don't near yeah. have near as much choice as you do now. So yeah. I just love to kind of touch on some of the common mistakes that maybe some, of, some, some especially from an entrepreneurial perspective, some of the common mistakes that they make. Yeah, no, of course. And what I find is number one, they don't have a strategy. They set out and haven't got a clue what they want to do. So they start off by going on every social media platform and just posting content that is quite random, that's not really about their marketing message. And so they thinly spread themselves across too many um, platforms. 
they don't achieve their goals and then I then hear it doesn't work it's a big fad um, it's a waste of my time um, and I just haven't got the, the time and resources to do it so first of all number one is a strategy they don't know what they want to achieve because if I actually defined what they want to achieve and set realistic goals smart goals and actually thought about what what is my business trying to treat, achieve over the next year three year five years they could then start using social media to help them achieve those goals so then once they achieve they think about those goals and they then know what platforms and actually what type of content they need to be posting out. So that's one of them, no strategy. The other one, which I'm always quite surprised by, well, actually, yeah, I am, is that they don't understand who their audience are. They don't know who their audience are. And, you know, I, I completely get this because, you know, back in the day when I was doing mortgages, it would be like, oh, you know, every single person that buys a house needs a mortgage. Where actually I then niche down into buy to let investors. So I really niche down into what I was doing. So now, you know, when I hear businesses say it could be any business within a particular area, it's too broad. So knowing your audience is so key because when you understand who your audience are, and you understand their pains and challenges, it's then you can really start to define and be really creative with your content and start um, making your con content more relatable to the audience you're trying to get in front of. So that's another really common thing that I see is that, you know, they, they don't understand who their audience are. I was going to say to you, I was going to say to you, one of the things that I've made actually is I call it social media, um, social media splurge, you know, like when you social media vomit, right? So you basically like vomit <laughs> all over everybody, like in a nice way, by the way, I just went to yeah. don't yeah, visualize yeah. that. Okay. But it's kind of like this kind of scattergun <laughs> approach to kind of try to get some engagement and that kind of stuff in desperation of trying to build that business. Do you see that a lot? Yeah, yeah, we see all, a lot. And, and they are because once they know who their audience are, they can then really define their content, mm. which then is not like what you're saying that where they just splurge it all out. It's about then they can be really um, defined as to the types of messages they need to be putting out mm. to be relatable to get that engagement, and then convert those people into customers. Yeah. Um, so yeah, definitely. It's really about being really defined. Yeah, good. It's a good, it's good, good tip that so. Um, you know, one of the things that really drives me insane, and 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 I suppose in a, in a way it's a bit of a downside to social media, is there's a lot of people out there, especially in in this kind of day and day and age, is that social media can can really kind of cause a it's a life to be a bit of a mirage. So, you know, and I and I'll kind of give you some some kind of some clout on that. What that basically means is, you know, you'll get like even people listening into this podcast right now, right, that basically try to compare themselves to other people that are on social media. And yeah. it's not really the true story. What's your take on no. this? Yeah, I find this a lot. And I've done this in the past as well. You know, when you get to that point, you might get to a low point, you've had a bad day, you start to compare yourself with other people within your industry. And then you think, am I doing this right? You then start holding back in posting out and, you know, a bit of, you know, some people call it imposter syndrome. Right. Um, and, um, you know, where they hold back and they're, 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 they don't believe in themselves and that type of stuff. Mm. Because sometimes what you do see online, is it the truth? Is what 
they putting out there the truth and have they got the facts to back it up mm-hmm. which is why you know a lot of people say to me you know you've got great credibility you should shout about it more and actually do you know what I don't need to shout about it as much as I need to because if you go on my LinkedIn I've got every everything that I claim I've been on ITV BBC NATO I've got all of the testimonials to really back my facts which is great but when you look at some people online when they're shouting about stuff what how can you then if people then do that bit of research about you can that back up that claim so you know if you are being held back because you're you're looking at what others are doing in your industry and they look better than what you're doing you you just be you you know people buy from people everyone is different and you're not going to make everyone happy and I saw a girl from Clubhouse Natty she put out a post I think it was yesterday and she said, you know, there could be five people in a row. The first people, person is your person. The other other four is someone else's people because, you know, you're not going to make everyone happy. Um, and that's my answer to that. You know, you know, build your own personal brand. Remember to be authentic, to come across as you um, and, and don't try and be someone you're not. Because when people do get you on the phone or face to face, can you still be that person that you say you are online? Does that make sense? Absolutely makes sense. 100% makes sense. Uh, it, you know, it, it sounds so simple in, in a conversation, but in reality, I can I can tell you now yeah. that people will still go back to their old habits, um, yeah, which, yeah. which is just kind of sad, really. Um, anyway, um, the other thing, and I suppose from a, from a personal perspective, actually, and you know, we talked about the fact that there is so much social media channels out there. You've got the likes of TikTok. You've got the likes of the traditional route to market, which is Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, all of that, that have been around for quite a number of years. How do you um, specific when you have conversations with people around how to deal with overwhelm because of you're, you're kind of a, a little bit spoiled for choice in a way. Um, yeah. How do you deal with it with, with, with overwhelm? Yeah. And this is this is a big one. You know, I've got a, a membership site where I've got a lot of small businesses in there. And every time something new and shiny comes out, it's like, <laughs> should I be on there? And, you know, that's not necessarily the case, because if you understand your tra- um, your strategy and know your audience, when you know your audience, you understand what platforms they're on and where they're engaging. Yeah. So that's one of the most important things when it comes to knowing what platforms you should be engaging on. Mm. So therefore, rather than trying to thinly spread yourself across too many try and be on the ones where your audience are hanging out now when that new platform brings out additional features let's just take for example instagram bringing out stories and reels um you know igtv you know my clients are like well should i do all of them and i said well you know do a bit of a survey you know some of them have got some really great community groups and i say go into that group and just say to them are they using reels and so one of them went in, she goes, I'm going to use reels. She goes, but I haven't got time, but I'm going to do it. And I said, well, ask your community first. Anyway, she's gone into a community, says, you know, um, does anyone use reels? And people were like, what are reels? Her audience <laughs> reels. And she was like, actually, now I see what you mean. Why am I going to go and waste time and resources on something where my audience aren't hanging out or don't even know what it is when I could be spending that that time on something else? So it's about really, if once you know your audience, you'll know what platforms you should be present on. And a lot of people jump on these new additional features because it's going to increase their, their audience 
and it's going to increase their engagement but not necessarily with the right audience ah. and you know one of those myths i've heard out there is the more followers you've got the more uh, the more revenue you make or the more profits you make yeah well do you know what it's about how engaged your audience are rather than the amount of followers you've got sure. um and you know that that's my my sort of response to that adam but um yeah i think you know you got to be strategic with it you know, I was going to ask you actually because um, it's interesting you're bringing this up because I would have, I would have, I would have kind of poached you on that anyway. But yeah, I suppose, yeah. I suppose my other thing though, it's, um, you know, it's a fine balance, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. uh, I'll give you an example, right? So if I didn't know you and I came across, say, your, I don't know, Instagram account, right? I'm yeah. going to get an impression of you within the first five seconds. That's reality, okay? Yeah. So if if you have, I don't know, 500,000 followers, right? Do you think, and this again, I suppose is very subjective. Do you think that as a stranger or a prospect or whatever it is, do you think they're more than likely to follow you or engage with you if you have more followers without, uh, compared to someone that doesn't have such a big following? How important is first impressions and what, where does the balance come in? Yeah, see, first impressions are if you've got more followers, and this is the the this sort of what's the right word? It's not the not mentality, is it? It's the the, the way that everyone's. I don't know what the right word is, Adam. I'm not great with words. Um, I think I <laughs> this earlier, but um, I'm trying to think of the right word, and you might think of it in a moment. But um, uh, what happens? The 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 th the in thing is the more followers you've got, the more people will follow you. Um, and, and that first impression is you know what you're doing. But actually behind it, that person may have bought followers. They could have been, been doing something else to build those followers. Is that audience the right audience? And therefore, what I say to, I mean, especially brands, you know, I've worked with brands and they're like, we want influencers with the biggest um, following. And I say that's not always the case because if you look behind the scenes and you use tools like Hype Auditor or Social Blade that tell you how engaged their audience are, their following might be really high, but their engagement rate will be, it may be really low. And what that tells me, it's okay having millions of followers but if their engagement rate is low that community will mean nothing to a campaign that you're running so you know first impressions might be wow you know they know what they're doing they've got a big audience and you now i should follow them but have a look at their engagement are they getting back to those people are all the comments from people going hot hands up i like or you know have a look at the engagement they're getting and um, that that's what i would say so I think, you know, the, gone are the days where, you know, we used to follow people with, you know, thousands, thousands of followers and people are still doing that. But there's some really great micro influencers out there that are doing amazingly well with a smaller audience and such an engaged community that yeah. are getting some amazing results. Yeah, very good. Love it. Um, wanted to talk about something which I kind of um, wanted to, what's going to say, I think that it was on your LinkedIn profile. I think there was an article or something on there that I wanted to kind of challenge you on. Yeah. But it's kind of more, what are the differences between broadcasting and engagement? Like what's better for you? What's the best way to maximize reach? Um, should you do one more than the other? You know, I'd be really interested to know more about that. So. Yeah, no, of course. So um, there's been a broadcast and there's been an engager and years ago when I started out you know back in 2007 2008 you know social media was all about broadcasting 
And I remember Mike Coning saying to me, you've got to be on every, every single social media site and just put out your posts because it was about dominating Google back then. Over the years, as the social media platforms have um, developed and the algorithms have developed as well, now, in order for us to really increase our organic reach, you know, the number of people that we get in front of, we need to make sure that we're not a broadcaster, that we're actually an engager, which means, okay, we're going to put our key posts out there, but we need to engage with an audience. So if you're not engaging with your audience and you're just being a broadcaster, the algorithm says, well, you're just trying to broadcast on my platform. I'm not going to show as many people your post. Whereas if you're an engager and you're making your community feel part of a community and you're actually getting them to come back, look at the response and engage back with you, you're keeping them longer on the platform, I'm going to show your post to more people. And that's why now it's so much more important to be an engager than just a broadcaster. Yeah, love it. Very good. Very good. And um, it's, it's just it's, it's just that it's that's really interesting because you know, I think there's this kind of battle for a lot of listeners in particular that, you know, that broadcast, I mean, there's so many great features now on social media, whether it be a polls, whether it be reels that you mentioned, for example. Um, other, and we'll talk about social media strategy in a minute as well. Um, but I, I yeah. guess my other question for, for, for you, Zoe, is do you think, and this is a really thought-provoking question from my perspective, I mean, as social media has evolved over years, you know, Facebook's been around for donkey's years now, the same with Twitter and LinkedIn and stuff like that. Do you think from your perspective that social media is fixed? Fixed in terms of what you mean. <laughs> <laughs> so if I, if so, so, and you probably would have seen this, right? You'll get like, I don't know, say a friend or, or, or I don't know, one of your prospects or whatever it is, one of your clients, and yeah, they yeah. turn around and they're like, hey, Zoe, I, I don't get it right. I put a post on my social media feed or whatever it might be, okay? But I'm not getting half as much engagement as I used to. Why is that? Yeah, Why I mean, are people not seeing yeah, this? Yeah. yeah. And um, this all comes down to the organic reach and the algorithms. And lots of people say, let's beat the algorithms. You're like, no, you don't want to beat the algorithm. You've got to work with it because you'll never beat the algorithm. Yeah. And so when it comes to people saying it's fixed, you know, nine times out of 10, when I go and look at them, their, their posts and what their activity that they're doing on that social media, because that's the first place I'll start. And when someone says to me, I'm not getting engagement here, I'm not getting this, I'm seeing the same people over and over again. When I go and look at their activity, they've either got posts going through a scheduling tool and never go into the platform. And so they're just looking at feeds through their scheduling tool. The other one is that they don't go and engage. So they definitely don't go and engage with people and spend that time doing that. Yeah. And their content is shocking. Like, you know, it's just all about them. And I know why would your audience want to actually engage with that type of content? Exactly. And so, like you mentioned, there's so many more engaging tools that the platform want us to use to actually get our community involved, like the polls. The, the collaboration Q&As in, in Facebook now yeah. and the lives and the live streaming. There's so many th tools that people can use. But what they're doing is they're spending so much time, you know, worrying about what they're going to post about what they think is right. when actually their content isn't relatable to their audience and they're not using the key um, the key post that they need to use to really increase that engagement. Yeah. So. 
you know, my advice to people is to really keep up with the trends. And that might sound like a lot, but just keeping in touch with some key people in the industry as to what's new, what's happening. So that actually they can say, right, this month, I'm not going to use, you know, you know, a link here, but I'm going to use a poll and get that engagement going. So when they've got their organic going, it's building up engagement. And then when their paid comes in and they remarket to that audience, they've then got people coming into their funnel. Yeah, that makes complete sense, actually. And, and interesting, we're talking about algorithms, right? Um, yeah. How do social media algorithms affect the results that you desire or you want? I mean, because we're all now beginning to understand what algorithm. I think my good friend uh, who's a, a marketing uh, genius, he talked about the fact that Google last year changed their algorithms 19,000 times. So I'm like, how the hell do you keep yeah, up with that yeah. stuff? Where, you know, I mean, what, what is your kind of take on this kind of algorithm stuff? Is it, you mentioned about the fact that you shouldn't fight against them, you should work with yeah. them, but then how do you know, you know, how do you, how can you work with an algorithm when they're changing so consistently all the time? How do you work? How do you get around it? So we have lots of test profiles that we have. So we've set up different pages. We've got a snow one. I mean, the snow one's got been going crazy the last couple of weeks, <laughs> but we the algorithm as to what's happening. So, you know, we find with different keywords and, and different tests that we do. So we keep up with the trends via, um, you know, having test pages that we test with, that we just see what types of content is working. We, um, I have, you know, some great, um, people that I listen to from the States that are always so far ahead and just keep an eye on what they're doing and also looking at developer, um, you know, blogs and, and platform, the platform news, just to see what's going on behind the scenes, yeah. to see what's happening with the algorithms as well, just to keep up with that. And then I then relay that to my, obviously to my audience um, to keep them up to date. Very good. Very cool. So, I know you mentioned earlier on about social media strategy, right? Which is a yeah. real big word. When we think of the word strategy, we think, oh my God, hard work. Yeah. Uh, how can I do social media strategy when I'm kind of so overwhelmed? But let's talk about social media strategy. What is it? What needs to be in a social media strategy in order to make it work? Um, can you give us a bit of a run through? Yeah, of course I can. Um, social media strategy is just like a business plan. If you don't know what you want to achieve in your business, what the vision is, what your goals are um, and where you want to go, then, you know, if you didn't have that business, that business strategy, that business plan, then you'd just be going along and taking up different opportunities, probably going down the wrong road and, and probably staying quite static, to be fair, picking yeah. up the wrong opportunities. It's the same with social media. If you don't know what you want to achieve, then you're just keep posting out you'll get you'll maybe get the odd result but it won't accelerate your experience with social media so social media strategy is just like a business plan it's about having that vision as to where you want to go and it really needs to align with your business plan and what you want to achieve now some of the key things in there are goals as to what you want to achieve keeping that realistic making sure they're really smart goals so having those goals are really key and, and, and I would say one of the most important things that determines a, an awful lot from your strategy plan is knowing your audience. Because when I say to people, right, okay, you know, you've got your goals, you're using all the platforms, 
I don't know, you know, why you're using all the platforms, because who are your audience? And when they say, well, it could be anyone, it could be anyone with a business, it's, it's that's, and I've mentioned this before, you know, knowing your audience is one of the key elements of your strategy. When you understand them and really brainstorm them, uh, really use relevant tools to find out what platforms they're on. So your audience is going to help you determine Number one, who, who your audience are. But number two, what platforms you should use, what tools you should use, um, you know, what influencers you should be engaging with, what your types of content and campaigns should be, which all make up that strategy plan. Love Does it. That help? Good. Absolutely, 100%. Um, what's going to say? Content. Because I think uh, it's interesting for us, like in our business, uh, we create a lot of content for most people's businesses, especially our listeners. They probably don't create enough content. So, um, yeah, I want to kind of, kind of um, talk about content because and how to use social media to, I suppose, impact and maximize the content, especially for someone that maybe doesn't create as much content or they're maybe not um, what I call recycling the content. You know what I mean? So. Um, absolutely repurposing the content or whatever it is what um, what tips do you have for those people that with regards to creating content and content strategy and how to use social media oh i love this one this is my favorite so um how long have i got (laughs) (laughs) crack on crack on (laughs) love it so so I'll give you a couple of steps. Obviously, I can't go into like huge detail on the podcast because I'll be here all day. But all so when you're thinking about your content, once you've got your strategy plan, you then think about what your key focuses are. So your goals, your wish list will actually allow you to define what key services, products, consultations, mentoring uh, programs that you really want to focus on over the next year. So you take those and I would do a separate brainstorm for each one. So I sort of like give them a piece of paper. Now, say, for example, it was meditation. One of your things that you really wanted to push was meditation. With meditation, you brainstorm all of the key things that you could talk about around meditation. It could be environment. It could be smells. It could be, you know, um, music. So you think about all those key things and brainstorm all of those Then what you do is you put them all into something called, I call them buckets. So you've got with the meditation, you've got different content buckets for it. So you might have a um, a meditation bucket, you might have a sleep bucket, etc. And you put all of them in. Now, I would then use tools for that topic of meditation and time and environment and use tools like answerthepublic.com and Pinterest to help you pull out at least 12 to 15 different questions that people might have around meditation and those key topics that you've spoken about. So if you put in meditation into answer the public, it come up with all the questions that people have got on meditation. I want you to write down 12 to 15 of those questions. Now, each question forms a week. So you've now got 12 to 15 week themes. So if one of them was, um, what is the best environment for meditation? That's your theme for the week. Now you could create um, a real good piece of content for this. It could be a blog, a podcast, or a video, a live video. So if you create one one good piece of content for that. Now, if you create that, you can then you can then create 10 to 12 posts from that one question and that one 
big piece of content. So if you've done a podcast and it was what is the best environment for meditation and you were talking about that in there, you might have three key points in there, five key points about the best environments. They then become three to five separate posts. You might have quoted different things in that podcast. You've got two separate quotes as well. You can do a little video that might take out. So if you recorded it, you could take a little video clip out of it. You then come up with like 10 to 15 or 10 to 12 posts for throughout that week on that one question from that one piece of content. Does that make sense? So hopefully it did make sense. and It wasn't too jumbled up, but in simple form, that's what you can do to create a really good content plan. Yeah, very good. The other thing I was going to say to you, actually, with someone that's got lots of content, I suppose, in, 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 in someone like myself, um, we've got like so much content. How do you measure um, what is working and what is not working? Do you, is there a tool that you use or is there something that you yeah. advise? Yeah, I mean, we use various tools. If you're looking for something, you know, um, you know, that's relative, that's, and you haven't got a budget for it. You know, the insight tools on the different platforms are great right. to use about what was the top trending posts, yeah. um, what's your engagement rate. So they're great. Um, or if you're, you've got a bit of budget, then Sprout Social is a brilliant tool that measures you month from month. And you can create some great reports that email you at a particular time every month as well. So you can actually, you know, get it to come to your inbox. Um, Hootsuite's another one. We use specifically use Sprout Social or Social Bakers, depending on the client. Do these uh, social media schedulers, I mean, do they work? Because I know that with a lot of these, uh, with uh, some um, social media platforms, they don't like it. You know what I mean? They, they'll they actually yeah. put you down the rankings. What's your take on this? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, we've noticed that as well. If you're just using third-party tools to schedule, yeah. then you will see a decrease in your reach. But I only see that decrease in the reach when people are not going in to do that engagement part. So if they're just being a broadcaster with the third-party tool and not going in the platform at all, then they, will, they won't see a lot of engagement. Their reach will decrease. Whereas if they're using the scheduling tool and scheduling time to go into the platform to engage they won't see a massive effect on using that scheduling tool. Yeah, very good. Good stuff. I know um, I'm a big fan about, I'm a big fan on automation. So, and I know that yeah. there is lots of great, I suppose, system, systems and automations that you can use on social media. Um, what is your, yeah. I suppose, what, in terms of bots, you know, I know that if you go across, say, you're uh, onto a, 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 say, a Facebook profile, and you've got like a bot that comes up and says, hi, how are you doing? Welcome to my page type of thing. You know, what is your, what is your, what is your take on bots and stuff like that? Cause I know that it is, um, it's a, it's an interesting subject and it's great to kind of have someone there or something there if you can't be available, yeah. but how do you use bots and, and, and do you recommend them? Um, so it depends on what bots people would use. You know, there's bots from a few years ago that would go and follow people, engage for you and do all of that type of stuff. And I completely disagree with those types of um, tools, you know, in, in today's day, only because now the platforms have, are sort of like cottoned on to people using them and that can have a negative effect on your profiles via the platform as well. So just be, you know, careful of, of those. I would advise against those. But bots in terms of chatbots 
in terms of having a pop-up messenger so it's like an auto messenger right and um, they can be used in some really effective ways so you know you can use them if you're doing challenges you can get it to message someone every day um if you're i mean i love them when we're doing live um live videos where you can actually get people to type in a keyword below in the comments and it automatically sends them a download which is great although now facebook have just launched featured link on your lives which is just amazing so that's a really great um upgrade that they've done and um, but messenger bots in terms of popping up at the bottom right some people can get frustrated if it doesn't answer their question yeah and if they've got in the midst of asking a question it's not answering that question for them they can become a little bit frustrated and if there's no one at the other end to then actually clarify the answer or to just answer their question they will go elsewhere and so if you've not got someone that's on there you know in uh, as a backup i would definitely question do your audience um, or are your audience expecting an instant response if it's to do with customer service then i would definitely urge you to make sure that you've got someone in the background that if the robot the, you know the the ai isn't able to answer the question you've got someone there which is why we see um, you know, we're unable to answer your question. We're putting you through to an assistant right now, which I think is a really great yeah. way. But if you haven't got that, then I would definitely question whether it's right to use that or not. Yeah, good, good point, that though. Um, what's going to say? And, and this is a really interesting question from my perspective because I think it's it's a bit of an old school question, but you've probably been asked this question many times before, and. When people use the word B2C or B2B and things like that, which absolutely drives me insane, by the way, it really pisses me off because I, I, I'm not a big believer of the whole kind of B2B, B2C type thing. What's your take on this B2B, B2C thing? Do you think that there is a, there's still a market for this or do you think that it's really kind of down to niche marketing? Um, when we say B2B, B2C, B2C, it's very broad. Yeah. You know, it's a very broad, uh, very broad subject. I would use it if I was um, speaking or had a group of people that were a very varied uh, group of um, different businesses that were targeting different businesses to each other. So I'd use it in that context. But when we're talking about, um, you know, individuals or a more of a niche market, they're all targeting, for example, if I was talking to a group of architects or targeting property developers, then I'd be more specific in what we were doing. Yeah. But you, you know, if you're just targeting businesses and you say that you're b2c and i said to you who your audience and you said businesses i'd want you to define it more so um i'm i'm quite a bit like you i do think that you need to be more niched you do need to know your audience um, but i do use it sometimes b2b b2c depending on who i'm talking to does that make sense absolutely 100 100 percent um, what's going to say? We could we could just talk forever on social media, couldn't we? Really? I know. <laughs> so, so much going on. Um, I was going to say to you is um, in terms of um, what do we need to be kind of mindful? I suppose you know because a lot of the listeners are mainly entrepreneurs and SMEs type of thing. Um, are there any um, new features that we kind of you know need to be kind of more mindful of in terms of you know maybe take a big opportunity on or jump on the bandwagon because I know that obviously you know we're both on Clubhouse and uh, Twitter are kind of moving into that kind of audio only space LinkedIn are developing something quite snazzy right now on the back end of stuff so 
I mean, is there anything that we kind of need to be kind of aware of in terms of you mentioned around new features and, you know, yeah. about potential benefits and stuff like that, but how could we, um, how could we use the new features? How could we be, how do you keep up in, in terms of the new features and, and what do you, do you think it's worth using the new features or do you think it's just kind of worth just staying in your lane type of thing? You know, always stay in your lane, but explore as to whether that feature is right for you and your strategy, but most yeah. importantly, your audience. That's what I always say to people. So, you know, lots of people when Clubhouse come out, all right, we were really passionate and excited about it. But I always emphasize it's got to be right for your audience and your strategy. If it's not, then don't use it. Don't come out of your lane and don't divert off to somewhere that's taking you away from what you really want to achieve. So I always say say to people please make sure it's right especially if you're going to use time you know spend time and resources on it but what I will say you know if it is right and and you know the likes of Clubhouse and this audio so Twitter spaces are coming in yep. um, Facebook are just um, bringing something in as well if you feel that is right for your audience you know I always say to people do a bit of a test have a good month or two just to test it out see how you get on see what um, um, results you get from it what um, traction you get from it um, for your business and then make the decision as to whether it's right for you to go ahead so always have a test and trial period on different types of tools that you think is right if it's right for your audience and your strategy have that test and trial um to give you the um you know to give you the sort of confidence as to whether you want to go forward with it or you actually it's something you're going to leave um, and carry on in your lane yeah very good um i suppose last question really Best, uh, best tools for engagement, because I, I think from my perspective, as kind of the, I call the digital ages here to stay, really. Um, my philosophy is, though, is that, you know, one of the biggest currencies of today is, which is really underestimated, is trust. And so trust is yeah. kind of formed through building relationships, through um, building conversations, but also through, like you just highlighted, engagement. Um, any tips on kind of engagement, how to get more engagement going, how to get more relational capital going, how more conversations going and any, any thoughts there? Yeah, I, I mean, I love um, I love talking about engagement. I could talk about it all day long and, and depending on what platform you're using will depend on um you know what what you would use i mean live stream is great if you if you like video and audio um you know live streaming is great for really you know getting that engagement with your audience and the algorithms love live streaming so if you can do video you know use tools like restream and Streamyard to really help you get that that presence out there so engagement will really help you increase that the other thing is that Facebook have just launched something called New Page Experience, which is being rolled out to many people over the you know the next few months. And New Page Experience is like your business page having its whole new um, own newsfeed and allows you to go and join groups as your business. You can engage on other pages as your business. That's really going to increase your engagement on a business page level. Yeah. And Instagram, you know, I love um, the Gary V strategy, the $1.80 strategy that he talks about. Absolutely brilliant. You know, works every single time. Um, but there's a tool called $1.80 and it actually helps you manage that engagement process 
um, of that dollarity strategy that you can put into place so you can actually tell it these are the hashtags of where my audience are hanging out and then you actually put them into the tool and then you go through the post there and you can line up your comments to then drip feed out and so I really love that tool it's a, a great tool it works on chrome extension and um, so do check that out as well perfect excellent fantastic so um first of all though I just want to say thanks very much for being on the show today I think we've covered a lot of great content um so you know i just want to say thanks very much we could talk for hours on social media of course and and i'm sure that we're gonna have some more opportunities to do so on clubhouse aren't we yeah thank you for the opportunity adam it's always a pleasure to be speaking to you and i'm in our honor to be on the show awesome so guys listen hope you've enjoyed today's show i know we've covered a lot of content if you haven't uh, what i would endorse you guys to do because we have gone through so much content in that me and zoe um, what i would endorse you to do re-listen to this episode okay re-listen to this episode okay get yourself a notebook and pen handy if you didn't already have one in beforehand and just start making some notes because i mean zoe's giving you some great tools in there she's giving some great some great strategies in there and it's just great to be able to number one ideas are great but implementation is even better so i just want to make sure you do that and also if you have any questions as well please feel free to connect with zoe on the social media links below and um, and just mention the uh, the game changers experience and then she'll know exactly uh, where you've come from so um so without further ado, just want to say thanks very much to you, Zoe, for being on the show today. And to you guys, hope you enjoyed today's show and we'll see you again on the next Game Changers Experience. Take care and have a great day. See you soon. Hey, you guys, I just want to say thank you so much for listening in to this episode of the Game Changers Experience. I hope that you got some amazing value, some great insights and golden nuggets that you can implement into your business straight away. I would really, really appreciate it if you could leave a five-star review on the button below. Have a fantastic day, and we'll see you on the next episode. Take care.